Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday. Certainly, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals or an LA Rams fan, you are walking on air today. Not so much if you are a Chiefs or 49ers fan. We will break it all down for you right off the top here. If you go to fanduel.com slash clay right now, you can get a 56 to 1 payout. You bet $5 on either the Bengals or the Rams to win. And if you're right, you get back $280. That is fanduel.com slash clay. Louisiana and New York recently went live. Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. Uh, Louisiana, I can barely, Colorado, West Virginia, so many different states now, Arizona that are out there. You don't have to be living in those states. You just have to go to those states, by the way. So if you are going to be in those states over the next two weeks, maybe you drive across the border, boom, place your bet, fanduel.com slash clay, and you can cash in with 280 bucks, have a friend take the other side and you're guaranteed to win a $10 bet pays you out at 280 Girlfriend, wife, uh, maybe your roommate, go out for a big dinner. Heck, you can get a couple of plane flights many different places right now based on the prices. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash clay. Let's talk about the games. Start in the AFC. I am stunned beyond belief Not necessarily that the Bengals won, although that surprises me, but that they came back from a 21-3 deficit. Teams that had led by 18 or more in the NFL this year were 115-1. Sorry, Colts fans, in the regular season and the playoffs, so far you guys were the only team to give up a winning margin, a leading margin, of that magnitude in the season so far. Not only were you down 18 if you were a Bengals fan, you were down 18 against arguably the best quarterback in the NFL on the road against a team that had been in three straight AFC Championship games and was trying to go to a third straight Super Bowl. Fourth straight AFC Championship game underway. And I think this game was decided in many ways by what happened on the final play of the first half. If you could go back in time today and you are a Chiefs fan and you could redo anything, yes, the overtime interception stunk. Yes, the uh, interception early in uh, the fourth quarter, I believe it was, was bad by Patrick Mahomes. But to me, the play that you would change was Mahomes throwing it to Tyreek Hill behind uh, the line of scrimmage, basically, trying to get Tyreek Hill into the end zone. Big tackle that was made. The clock runs out. Safest play there probably was for the Chiefs to trot out, kick the field goal. They would have been up two touchdowns and getting the ball to start the third quarter. Instead, credit to Cincinnati Bengals. And while there's going to be a lot of attention on Joe Burrow, and he does deserve a lot of uh, uh, praise for what he's done in his second year as a starting quarterback with the Bengals, really, the biggest takeaway here to me is the fact that the Cincinnati Bengal defense was incredibly elite in the second half. After giving up that early 21-3 lead, they only gave up one more score the rest of the way. I don't know. 
what Tony Romo was thinking late in this game. I don't know if he forgot what the score was. He was talking about how he didn't want the Chiefs to score. Do you stop at the one-yard line? The Chiefs felt like they were listening because they had to bang through a 44-yard field goal after Mahomes played really poorly on that drive. And part of me wonders what happened in the second half with Patrick Mahomes. That's as bad as I have seen him play all year and maybe in his career to be up 18, to have two turnovers, to take the sacks that he did, to give up the plays that he did from the quarterback position. Again, I think you got to give a lot of credit to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs collapsing at home. Teams that have been up 18 or more were 115-1. and As I said earlier, only the Colts against the Ravens had given up a lead of that magnitude all season. And as a result, Cincinnati Bengals are rolling into the Super Bowl, an improbable result to be sure. I'm still angry if you're wondering about the Titans' collapse against the Cincinnati Bengals. Titans should have won that game. Instead, the Bengals are going to uh, the Super Bowl with two straight uh, wins by a field goal. Um, Evan McPherson clutch, and uh, they were withstood a throw into the end zone from Derek Carr to start all of this. Every game in the NFL playoffs, certainly in the divisional round and in the championship round, all six of them came down to what felt like basically the last minute. Five of the six literally ended on the last play. And props to Joe Burrow and the Bengals for advancing. Uh, and, uh, And if you had bet, by the way, on the Bengals and the Rams to be the Super Bowl before the season started, you got a 500-to-1 payout coming your way. I don't think very many people made that bet, but props to everyone who did. Uh, All right, Matthew Stafford. Guy plays for the Lions for his entire career. Can't even win a playoff game. Never wins a playoff game. The Lions, by the way, have won one playoff game since the 1950s. The Lions... Let Matthew Stafford go, trade for Jared Goff. He goes straight to L.A. And Matthew Stafford now has won more playoff games this year than the Dallas Cowboys have since 1997. That is putting things in perspective. Three straight playoff wins for Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup, best wide receiver in the NFL, got open on the biggest play of the game, gets hit for the first down on third down, then the, uh, the Rams defense comes up and makes a play, gets a turnover against Jimmy Garoppolo. Questionable coaching. Kyle Shanahan with an opportunity near midfield. They were already up 17-7, still up 17-14 on fourth and two. Right after the challenge, which was not very smart by Sean McVay on the Kyle Juszczyk fumble that he thought was a fumble that was not a fumble. Uh, it's fourth and two for the 49ers. They try to draw the Rams offsides. That They then make the decision to punt. I felt like that was winning time for the 49ers, particularly because the Rams were out of timeouts. They couldn't stop the clock because of the way McVay had managed uh, his, his timeouts. Instead, uh, they decide to punt, and Matthew Stafford and uh, the Rams make some big-time plays. A couple of scrambles from Matthew Stafford, and he now is into the Super Bowl. I like early read. If I had to pick, I like the Rams to beat the Bengals and for Matthew Stafford to win a Super Bowl. Now, Joe Burrow has the opportunity 
to do something improbable and incredible and the likes of which we haven't seen very many times. Burrow has won a national championship already at LSU. He's won the Heisman Trophy. He was the overall number one pick. He now is in the Super Bowl and he has a chance to become a Super Bowl champion. The most recent, you guys can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but the most recent guy to have this opportunity, I believe, is Cam Newton. Cam Newton wins a national championship with Auburn, wins the Heisman Trophy, goes number one overall to the Carolina Panthers, makes the playoffs, and that Carolina Panthers team ended up losing to the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning. Cam Newton never the same after that. Cam Newton also was the MVP of the league, something that Joe Burrow has not done, at least not yet. It may happen down the line. Pretty improbable for Joe Burrow to reverse the fortunes of the Cincinnati Bengals this quickly. It is absolutely incredible where he is right now. The Rams are a four-point favorite, uh, and the over-under in this game is 48-and-a-half. I would be tempted right now, haven't bet it yet, I'm going to take the Rams and I'm probably going to take the under in this game. We'll be talking about the breakdown of the game in a little over an hour on FS1 with Fox Bet Live, which will be coming to you very soon. Now, I want to talk about Joe Rogan for a minute. I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I am not a huge podcast listener. Partly that's because of how busy I am doing all the content that I already do. So uh, for those of you out there kind of keeping track at home, I did an hour with Megan Kelly uh, as her primary guest today. Uh, then I did a three-hour show uh, for Clay and Buck. I am doing The Fade with Todd Furman. I am doing this Outkick the Show with you right now. I will be on with Laura Ingram tonight on Fox News and... I have Fox Bet Live coming up in about an hour. What does all that mean? I will do six different shows for a total of something like, I don't know, six hours of programming today. I don't even know what the total amount of programming is. The reason why I bring that up is because I don't watch or consume that many podcasts, right? Hardly any because I'm so busy doing what I do. But I respect the intelligence of the conversations that Joe Rogan has. And what is interesting here is the rise of cancel culture under the guise of misinformation, whatever that means. Uh, you know, if you have been paying attention to COVID for very long, initially we were all told COVID came from an animal. It now appears that COVID came from a, uh, from a, a vi virus escaping a lab. That seems to be the most likely outcome. Uh, we were told that masks would stop the spread of COVID. That certainly has not proven to be true. And in fact, most masks are comparatively worthless. We were told kids had to wear masks in schools or else it wouldn't be safe. That is not true. We were told that if you got the COVID vaccine, you would neither get nor spread COVID, that is also not true. A great deal of stories about COVID, it has taken six months or less to go from conspiracy theory to accepted truth. That's why rigorous examinations of scientific theories are necessary, okay? It's why the scientific method demands that every hypothesis be challenged. 
That's particularly the case as it pertains to COVID. And let me say this, by the way. People are over COVID by overwhelming numbers. Uh, from the most recent study at Monmouth, 70% of people are ready to get back to normalcy. Let me read these numbers to you because you're going to hear them and you're going to say, wow, this is pretty crazy uh, as you pertain and analyze this. A national poll said 70% of people agree it's time we, expect, we accept COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. By party, 89% of Republicans agree. 71% of independents agree with that statement. 47% of Democrats agree. Do you know how hard it is to get 70% of Americans to agree on an issue as contentious as this? It is wild. The Bidus touch is basically to be on the opposite side of whatever the situation is in terms of what the American public wants. Let me repeat those numbers for you. 89% of Republicans agree it's time we accept COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. 71% of independents, even 47% of Democrats, obviously I've been arguing we need to get back to our regular lives for a very long time. Uh, that is the national data, by the way, from a Monmouth poll that came out today. And so I think Joe Rogan is in an interesting spot because he is being attacked for the conversations that take place on his podcast. To me, the best thing that could happen for Joe Rogan is if he got fired by Spotify. I don't know the particulars of his contract, but I bet they would have to pay him out in order to move on from his, uh, from his spot right now. And if he moved on, he would be able to take his podcast wherever he wanted to go. He could start his own media company. He could likely charge people directly to be able to consume it. Heck, I would argue that somebody like Fox and or a streaming platform like Fox Nation should hire him and put him behind the paywall. To me, that is a Howard Stern-like impact in the same way that Satellite Radio went out and gave Howard Stern a monster contract and told him, hey, just evangelize for our existing platform and bring your audience over from terrestrial radio. I would argue that there is certainly a brand, maybe that brand is OutKick, uh, that there is certainly a brand out there that would be very happy to be affiliated with Joe Rogan and set up a high-level uh, pay-for-play podcast experience much like exists with Spotify right now. Which is why I think Joe Rogan in many ways is uncancelable. David Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, uncancelable. Howard Stern, back in the day, before he totally turned into a wuss, was uncancelable. There are relatively few media titans who become big enough that they are uncancelable for their audiences. I would argue Sean Hannity. I would argue Tucker Carlson. Uh, by and large, that their audiences are big enough that people will follow them. I would like to think in the years ahead, I will be in that position if I'm not already. And what these people have in common is they are authentic and they are willing to challenge conventional wisdom and they have real conversations in an era 
that is steeped in artificiality. So I actually think that there is more power and more uh, success available out there for Joe Rogan than there is for Spotify because if they fire him, they are creating a new market competitor. Now, the woke don't really understand that they are providing the best possible advertising for Joe Rogan. Uh, And I was a little bit disappointed that Rogan kind of apologized in some way in the video that he put out Uh, because to me, because to me, the woke don't understand basic business. And I've always been of the opinion, I really don't care what people think about me. And maybe that's rare. I don't know. I had a great event this weekend. I was down in the Dallas area uh, with Ted Cruz, uh, with Jordan Peterson, with Jesse Kelly, uh, a really great group of people. We did an event, private event there, over the course of the weekend uh, with Ted Cruz and his staff. We had a great time. Uh, And I was having this conversation with somebody. I don't know what it is about me. I just don't care, right? I care what my wife thinks and what my three kids think of me. Otherwise, I just, I don't really lose any sleep over what other people are saying about me. Listen if you enjoy the show. Don't listen if you don't enjoy the show. But when you're advertising how much you hate me, it's the best free advertising I could possibly get because a huge number of people are still not aware of any one particular entertainer. So anytime a controversy arises, Dave Chappelle, best thing that ever happened to him was the transgender controversy associated with his Netflix controversy. Uh, Same thing now is happening with Joe Rogan. The audience is not going to leave you once they are committed to you. In fact, if you get canceled, you become a martyr. I would even argue that Donald Trump getting removed from social media, far from making him weaker, has actually made him stronger because it's confirmed many of the criticisms that he made about big media to his audience as a whole. And a lot of people were upset with the tweets that Donald Trump would regularly put out. It may well be that he gets reelected in 2024. I don't know, I guess it's not reelected if you've already been elected once or you reelected anyway. He got elected in 16. He could get elected again in 24 and actually benefit from being banned from Facebook and Twitter because it's harder for him to dash off a tweet and create a firestorm surrounding it. Uh, And he may end up being a beneficiary before all is said and done. I don't know. My point is censorship does not come from a place of strength. It comes from a place of weakness. And I believe that all of these big media companies are ripe for disruption in the years ahead because authentic, authentic voices are what is going to drive affinity and affinity is what is going to drive success. And so I think Joe Rogan is in a really good spot and potentially he could end up getting fired and it could actually work to his benefit Because if he got fired, he'd get paid out, he'd get to start a new media company, and his whole audience would follow him. And I think that's why Spotify's not going to be willing to fire him. We'll see what ends up happening there. What people don't like is hypocrites. And right now, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is one of the biggest hypocrites in all of American life. Right after he instituted new COVID restrictions, he went out to dinner in Napa Valley at French Laundry. And with every kid in his state, 
required to wear a mask indoors and outdoors. Gavin Newsom went to the 49ers and the Rams game, and he did it without wearing a mask. There's photos all over the internet, including one with Magic Johnson, who, by the way, still has HIV, and so you would think his immune system would be somewhat suppressed. And if anybody needed to be uh, protected around him, maybe it would be Magic Johnson. I don't know. I'm not a health expert for him. But when you look at what Gavin Newsom was doing, he was following up on his French laundry move. Same thing, by the way, happened with Mayor London Breed of San Francisco. You had two prominent Democratic politicians who have instituted draconian mask mandates, particularly on children, and they weren't willing to follow those same mask mandates while they were in a crowded football stadium watching the 49ers play against the Rams, a battle of California teams. Now, you can argue that you have no problem with not wearing a mask. And by the way, that would be me. But when you are making children in your state wear masks all day long, and you go to a crowded football stadium and you aren't wearing one, I'm sorry, Gavin Newsom. You are a hypocrite of the highest magnitude, and it is embarrassing that that could ever happen given what is going on in your state. I hope, and I do believe, that more and more Americans every day are being red-pilled on the insanity of COVID restrictions and recognizing and realizing that the people who claim that you are in tremendous danger from COVID don't even believe the warnings that they are giving because if they did, they would actually be following their own mandatory health advice, which would require them to wear masks. Gavin Newsom, you are fraud. You are pathetic. And you deserve to be held accountable for your lies. Speaking of lies, I love the people in Nebraska. Got a big audience of OutKick people in Nebraska. I appreciate and love all of you out there that have been big fans of OutKick for a while. I appreciate how hard you guys fought to play the Big Ten season in 2020. But I have to tell you, what in the world are you doing? This is not a hate symbol, all right? This is the OK sign. Nebraska's mascot gives the OK sign. Now they have decided that they have to remove the OK sign from the Nebraska mascot and replace it with a number one because there's concern that it is a white supremacist gesture. This comes out of the uh, bowels of the internet, out of the 4chan universe. It's so insanely stupid that people continue to make insanely stupid decisions. Does no one in Nebraska have a functional brain? Stop being so dumb. Opposite side, thank you to the Canadian truckers out there. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for standing up for truth, justice, and freedom. Thank you for drawing attention to the absurd COVID policies of Canada. I have to tell you this, all right? I am disappointed that we have not seen a mass outreach and uprising like this in the United States. Now, I think partly that's because a lot of the people who would rise up are in states that have basically gone back to 100% normalcy. If you're in Tennessee, if you're in Texas, if you're in Florida, you really would have never known at this point that COVID ever existed but for when you go to the airport. Otherwise, everything's 100% open. I was down in Dallas-Fort Worth over the weekend, had a tremendous time, zero restrictions, zero fear. It was not in any way a situation that people seemed like they were terrified of, all right? 
So, thank you to the Canadian truckers. It's not a surprise that Justin Trudeau, who claims that he has now tested positive for COVID and has run off and hidden, is trying to condemn this protest because one of the underlying themes of this whole COVID era has been denigrating working people. All of these people who are fortunate enough to be able to work at home and work remotely and have all their food brought to them and continue to order everything off Amazon have criticized people who continue to go out and work. If you work at a gas station, if you work inside of a grocery store, you guys never got to shut down. You guys continued to work even with the COVID dangers out there. And truck drivers are the same way. You are the backbone and heartbeat of this continent. Thank you to all of the Canadian truckers for standing up against audacious overreach into your personal freedoms. And shame on Justin Trudeau, you absolute nincompoop, who continues to argue in favor of the science, even though the science is constantly shifting and falling down all around him. Uh, Joe Biden has got to make a choice for the U.S. Supreme Court. Study poll came out from ABC News and said 76% of Americans disagree with Joe Biden limiting his search to only a black woman. Now look, there are probably, let's say, 100 people are supremely well qualified to be Supreme Court justices, right? You are judges, you are legal scholars, Let's just divide a line and say half of those people are Republicans, half of those people are Democrats, all right? What I liked what Joe, uh, what I liked what Donald Trump did as it pertained to Supreme Court justices was he put out a list. He said, hey, here are all of the judges that I will consider to fill any vacancies that might arise for the Supreme Court, right? And he put that list out and everybody could look at it and Trump pulled his Supreme Court nominees off of that list. If Joe Biden had done something similar, which I don't think is a bad idea at all, and then he had ended up choosing a black woman to be his Supreme Court nominee, no issues at all. That would have been a rational process by which to follow. There would have been black, white, Asian, Hispanic, probably, judges on Joe Biden's list. Let's say there's 50 judges there. Some of them would have been black women. If he had ultimately decided to pick a black woman, no problems at all. But what he has done is cut the legs out from underneath his potential nominee because many people, including 76% potentially of the American public, are going to react to Joe Biden nominating a black woman after saying that he would only consider a black woman as being everything that's wrong with that identity politics. Look, black women represent around 6% of the American public. That means Joe Biden has intentionally said for this Supreme Court pick, he's not going to consider the other 94% of the American public. I just think that's wrong. Joe Biden could have easily ended up with a black female nominee while considering many other people for this nomination. It's unfortunate that this is the natural outgrowth of what happens with identity politics where you judge someone not based on the content of their character, but based on the color of their skin and also their gender. Joe Biden has now done this both for his vice presidential nominee, where he said he was going to pick a woman and excluded everyone else from consideration, 
and now for his Supreme Court nomination where he said he was going to pick a black woman and has excluded everyone else from consideration. Imagine if Donald Trump had come out when Amy Coney Barrett was selected and before he picked her, if he had said for Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat after Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, if he had said, I'm only going to pick a white woman to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, America would have come undone. It would have been inappropriate for Trump to say, I'm only picking a gender and I'm only picking a race. Same way that Biden did when he said he's going to pick a black woman. If Trump had come out and said, I'm only picking a white woman, people would have lost their minds. The same standard should apply here. Joe Biden has failed the American public yet again by putting identity politics, race, and gender in front of qualification. Finally, I don't know what's going on with the U.S. men's soccer team. They got whipped. I watched this during the AFC Championship game. They got whipped by Canada. 2-0 lead. We got a big game on Wednesday against Honduras. Only three teams are guaranteed to advance. Right now, it looks like it'll be Canada who's in first place and the U.S. and Mexico. But my goodness, there's going to be some white-knuckle moments for U.S. uh, World Cup qualification again because the U.S. has got to get a win against Honduras on Wednesday. Only, I believe, four more matches remaining, if I'm not mistaken, before the World Cup qualifying is complete. Uh, We'll have had, at that point, 14 different matches played. We're 10 in. Got to get a win in this one. And I'm getting nervous about what I'm seeing from our offensive attack. We gave up a goal with seven minutes uh, into the game against Canada and then gave up one late. Did not have a ton of great scoring opportunities, in my opinion. And we are fading fast as it gets closer to the World Cup, which will be taking place in November in Qatar this uh, fall. All right. I love all of you. Want to remind you one more time. Bet $5 and you get back $280. All you have to do is pick the winner, either the Rams or the Bengals. Have a friend take the other side. You can bet 10 and still guarantee yourself 280 I love all of you. I will be live on uh, Fox Bet Live in about 45 minutes. Whatever you do out there, DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This is OutKick the Show. I will see you guys on television in 50 minutes and I'll see you on Laura Ingram tonight.